Welcome to the Cathedral Library Bible Podcast. I'm Rob Steele. And I'm Jordan Duncan. And our desire with this podcast is to show you how easy and enjoyable it is to come to Scripture and walk away having heard the words of God and being changed by Everybody, we're really excited to be back here. Uh, Jordan and I are here once again looking at the Gospel of Mark. Uh, If you've been following along with us, we are on number three, episode three through the Gospel of Mark. The first was an introduction uh, to the book and the podcast. Uh, We are now today going to be starting in verse 16, right? Yeah, verse 16 of chapter one to the end of chapter one. Awesome. So we're going to go all the way through uh, verse 45. And uh, we're going to just, just like we did in the last episode, and uh, our purpose with this is really to take a look at it just like you would on a morning when you're uh, jumping into the scriptures. We are not studying these with uh, a whole bunch of books and, and commentaries, but we are actually just taking a look at what we believe the Lord's speaking to us as we're doing this devotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So why don't you uh, kick us off in verse 16 there, Jordan, and see where we can go from here. All right. Well, verse 16 comes um, shockingly right after verse 15. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. <thanks. laughs> um, which I think is important to just for, it was important for me to recap and remember, oh, what was what did we just read? Because it's right. probably connected. So verse 15 is where it ends with Jesus um, proclaiming the gospel of God that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, and so we should repent and believe in this good news. And then immediately is uh, verse 16 where we get this passage where Jesus um, is going alongside alongside the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two brothers, Simon and Andrew, who are fishing, and he asks them to follow him. And so it moves from the proclamation of the good news to Jesus calling people to follow him. He calls uh, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, who are brothers, and then calls uh, James and John, who are also brothers. And um, yeah, so that's the first little snippet of a story that we get here. That's great. Uh, I love how... In the beginning of Mark, we see it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it again in John, uh, and there's other places as well. But I love how much happens when Jesus is just out for a walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, um, I remember thinking about it when I was reading the John account, mm-hmm. and they're standing there with John the Baptist, and these guys are out fishing with their parents mm-hmm. and the other workers that work for their families. And Jesus is just out for a walk and imagine what's happening in heaven. Hmm. Like that's uh, at least, I don't know why it hit me, but I thought like, these are the apostles we're talking about. Right. So these are the guys that are going to write these accounts. They're going to lead uh, the initiation of the church. The day of Pentecost is coming. Right. The first persecutions, the thousands of people saved in a single moment. All of this stuff is coming and all of heaven is waiting in anticipation for this moment. Yeah while they're just out fishing with their dads. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus is passing alongside the Sea of Galilee or, and going on a little farther. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, like, uh, for me, mm-hmm. uh, just personally, it brings so much intention um, mm. to my everyday life mm. that maybe something's happening when I'm passing <laughs> by someone on the street yeah. that all of heaven has been waiting in anticipation for. Right. Yeah. Which for me is like, I, I don't even know how to think through that, to be honest. But it actually gives me a 
it gives me purpose in the things that feel purposeless. Mm-hmm. Right? It gives me actually hope and excitement yeah. for things that there's stuff constantly happening that I can't see. Yeah. And even what does my response to Jesus's invitation to follow him? Yeah. What impact could that have that I can't see right now? It might just look like getting out of a boat yeah. and going, okay. Your dad's mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all my family is confused and a little bit upset. You've probably never been through that before though, right? No. <laughs> well, not really. Not with my family. Well, that's thankfully. good. Oh, right. Because your mom's listening. I forgot. That's he's right. never, he's never been, never been upset. And he knows you've always been supportive. I'm yes. just making that clear. But, but even in like, uh, I think of my daily, the things that Jesus asks me to do and I decide yes or no based on how comfortable I am. Yeah. And I'll think about maybe repenting later if I decide no, <laughs> but yeah. to, to put it in that perspective, you just put it in where all of heaven is watching in anticipation of yeah. this little moment yeah. is going to matter tons it's crazy. in 10 to 30 years. Yeah. And at the moment, it just looks like, are you going to get out of the boat or not? Mm-hmm. And did you, okay, did you preach a sermon on this? Because this whole thing is remind, is, seems familiar. Uh, maybe. I've forgotten it if I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've heard you talk about that from that passage before. Well, so you, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I might have along the way somewhere. I don't remember. Hmm. Um, I haven't actually preached a lot from Mark. That's kind of why I thought maybe it was a good book to go through because I've hmm. uh, primarily, as far as the gospels go, I've preached out of Luke and John. So, yeah. um, but I just think the, like, this is uh, this is something I was taught just listening to others mm-hmm. teach on, on these topics as well, is to hear the, um, and see the response of people that are with their family, at their jobs, that are willing to leave all of it behind in a moment. Hmm. What a what a challenge that is. Yeah. I, yeah. I I feel like I think I could read that daily hmm. and remind myself of the challenge of what does it mean to follow God? What does it mean to follow Christ? Yeah. Am I willing to lay it all down? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I talked about this with the youth earlier this year that the disciples were likely fourteen to eighteen years old. Wow. And they're making these, so maybe you understand their quick decision to make an impulsive, (laughs) you know, they're out sweating on the boat with their dad yelling at them. (laughs) This guy's like, come for a walk with me. Yeah. They're like, yep. (laughs) But but the other side of it is that they're, uh, the world changers that they become and they're so young. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, Before we move along from this passage, I I just see, I have a note in this in my Bible here of what does it mean to be fishers of men? Mm. And I have Jeremiah 16, 16 and Ezekiel 47 verse 10 written down. Mm. And because this isn't a study, I'm not going to go into <laughs> what I discovered about what it actually means to be fishers of men. Yeah, it's also because I can hardly make up my actual notes right here. But <laughs> um, if anyone wants more further study, check out those passages and think about what does that mean? That's uh, good. It's good. Is it just a metaphor about getting people saved or yeah. what does it look like? Well, just now you got me thinking. Mm-hmm. I didn't think this as I read through it the first time. I there's isn't there right there, isn't there the great commission and the and the two great commandments. Follow me, first mm-hmm. relationship with God, mm-hmm. and then secondly, 
and I'm going to make you into hmm. fishers of men being secondary to uh, the first, but being, wow. but being connected to part of it. The call yeah. is actually both. And you can't, you can't truly follow God without actually walking his, out his mission, but you also need to make your decision with him be the primary. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Um, so the next little uh, story yeah. is Jesus and these four disciples yeah. moved to Caper- Capernaum. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, and on the Sabbath, they go into the synagogue and Jesus teaches and the people there are astonished. And the next few stories, you'll notice it's mostly the, um, the people who are interacting with Jesus, not the disciples. Mm. Um, and so this is kind of about the response of the crowds mm. around him. But they see that he's teaching as one with authority. And as he's teaching in the synagogue, um, not only is he teaching with authority, but someone there has an unclean spirit and the spirits cry out, we know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. You're the Holy One of God. Jesus um, silences them, uh, commands the spirits to come out. They do. And then the people are really amazed because it's not just his teaching that has authority, mm-hmm. but he's demonstrating his actual authority. Um, so, and I find this interesting. One, it follows up on Jesus saying the kingdom is here, yeah. which is a, a concept about the reign of God yeah. being present and then demonstrates that he holds that authority hmm. of in his teaching and in his actions. Yeah. And people, the crowds notice it. And then the other thing, which I didn't get till you pointed out just now, is the thought about Jesus is just going about his business and all of heaven. What are they thinking about yeah. what's happening? Yeah. And clearly um, the spiritual realm is paying attention to what Jesus is doing here. Wow. Yeah, good point. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So the idea that it's even not just what is all of heaven thinking, but what is all of the spiritual realm responding to, Yeah, right? The, that there is a, a rising up of uh, spiritual backlash around him uh, in the sense that they don't know what to do with him and are scared of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really struck by some of the words that jumped out of this little hmm. piece for me. The, yeah. Uh, this is actually a question for you. I was making a joke before we started today that I was just going to ask Jordan questions the whole time. <laughs> um, but I, I'm wondering what you think right away in verse 21. Um, I was unsure as to why they used the word here, but the fact that it says, and immediately mm-hmm. on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. Um, just wondering what, have you read anything on that? Like there's, they use immediately again later. Mm-hmm. So it says, and immediately there was uh, in the synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. Yeah. So there's, there's a sense in which they kind of put like a, a little bit of this like intensity mm. on the situation mm-hmm. um, right from the very beginning, immediately on the Sabbath, he went in and immediately there was a synagogue, like there was a man in the synagogue who responded to his teaching. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? Why? Yeah. So that's something really interesting about the whole gospel of Mark is Mark is either or probably both um, not great at Greek, mm. but also um, using, so kind of, he's a, probably a Greek as a second language person. Oh, okay. And is using this phrase and immediately over and over and over again, because huh. it's one of the ones, one of the phrases he knows to to get into another sentence. Mm. Um, 
but it's like he chose it because the whole gospel, he is in a rush to tell you something. (laughs) And like, it's the shortest gospel. He just goes from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, to thing. And then even we'll find in the end, he just leaves it on a cliffhanger (laughs) as though like he's in a rush to tell you something. And then he gets there and just stares at you and looks and is like, (laughs) now what are you going to do? And so the whole, the whole thing, um, so if you're reading a translation that's pretty literal, they'll keep in most of the and immediately. Hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly how many are actually in the Greek, but it's like over, well over a hundred at yeah. least wow. um, in a short book. So yeah, it's interesting because um, I don't think we're supposed to take from it that he actually means immediately this happened and immediately this happened. And yeah. imme- so it's yeah. not like a sequential. Yeah this happened, this happened, this happened. Yeah. But he is, he's using it to um, probably to set a tone, yeah. I think, in the way he's telling it. Well, and that's kind of what it did for me in this mm. section. I Thanks for sharing that. That's obviously, uh, anyone that's listening, you're not going to be able to pick that up uh, just through reading it uh, right off the bat yourself. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick that up. But I love, I love knowing that now because it does, it gives it a feel. But if you've... Um, read the scriptures for long enough, you always know that there's more to the story somewhere that you're not, that you know, you're not being told. There's kind of things that happen between the stories always that, that weren't as important to tell, obviously Mm -hmm. Uh, not to say they were unimportant. They obviously were, but, um, but it did, it sends, it sets a tone. And then he uses words like astonished authority, uh, um, like these, these uh, amazed, like these Mm -hmm. words are just jumping out to me to kind of give this like, there's a bigness to this moment, yeah. Uh, which I think, at least for me, it it reminded me of what you just brought up, this idea of kingdom, hmm. this, this sense in which something new is happening and he's using words to bring that out of us, to say, don't just, don't just gloss over them. I right. realize this was, the people were in astonishment. They had not yeah. seen this. Yeah. This is brand new to them. They've not, they've not seen anyone like this before, uh, which is really, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it is important to to try and read the Gospels with fresh eyes mm-hmm. and go, I feel like I'm pretty familiar with Jesus, but my reaction to Jesus isn't always astonishment and yeah. amazement. Yeah. And it seems like it probably should be <laughs> based on <laughs> yeah. what they're seeing and yeah. hearing. Yeah. I. So here's what, one of the things that jumped out to me, and I think it could be just cultural. Um, I've been really challenged uh, in myself about the type of person that I follow or looking to follow that's, you know, leading me to Jesus on this earth. And I think where Jesus is so amazing, he's, he goes in, he's teaching, uh, and they're, they're amazed at his teaching, mm-hmm. right? They're, uh, and it's the authority that he, that he has in his teaching. It's not like anything that they've been receiving. The scribes are right. not teaching like this. Something's different about him. Mm. But w- what I wouldn't want to do for me personally is that I wouldn't want to automatically said, say it's because he was more charismatic. Right. Right. And I think yeah. we do Yeah. because we love the show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, our whole culture is built around that with TV and movies being mm-hmm. so um, just so built into everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea of drama is there. Right. And so we're, we train, I mean, lots of preachers and teachers and, uh, they're trained to be dramatic. They're trained to do something to try and get someone's attention. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this is saying. No. I'm I'm really struck by that, that it's actually, there's potential Jesus was boring yeah. in his tone. I, I don't mean yeah, that he yeah. was boring, yeah. but it's 
it really has nothing to do with how he said it. It was the authority he had mm-hmm. behind what he was saying, yeah. uh, which then obviously he shows in other actions later. Yeah. But, um, but that one just, it jumped out to me because I think, oh man, we've got to be careful. We don't make those things mean something they don't mean. Mm. Um, and uh, Jesus might not have been this, you know, early thirties, really attractive, well-groomed, uh, muscular, charismatic preacher, mm-hmm. which I think is how we view him yeah. because that's kind of what our go-to is for what we're looking for in teachers. Right. Um, I just, yeah. Anyways, just a, a little bit of a tangent for me, but it's make, it's got me thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great thought. Um, and so at the, at the end of that, it says at once his fame spread everywhere mm. um, and all throughout the region of Galilee. And so this, it's funny, like, so we have the introduction of Mark, and then it, Mark says, and then he went and got a few disciples, and then he went into a syn- synagogue, uh, healed this guy, or, or um, exercised him, I guess, yeah. and immediately his fame is spreading. So yeah. already, yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. And then the rest of this chapter, that just kind of compounds. So he leaves the synagogue, goes to Simon and Andrew's house, and... Uh, Simon's mother-in-law is ill um, with a fever. Yeah. Jesus heals them, or her, sorry. And, uh, and then by sundown, the whole town's bringing him people who are demon-possessed and sick. And it says the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out the demons. And then says that they, he wouldn't let the demons speak because they knew him. Which just the guy in the synagogue cries out, we know who you are. Um, you're the Holy One of God. Yeah. And so, I don't know. That's always one of those things. And, and I think Mark makes that point the whole way through is that Jesus keeps, keeps trying to take control of his reputation <laughs> and making sure the message getting out about him is the right one. Yeah. I, this whole thing was really shocking to me to mm-hmm. reread right now. I think that... Uh, I grew up in a charismatic setting. And so these sorts of scriptures really, um, really jump out uh, when you're in a charismatic setting, mm-hmm. just the, the uh, exercising of demons and the healing of the sick and the whole city being gathered and him healing. And so there's, there's lots of stuff in there. I was, I was struck though by his, um, by one, uh, he's getting, he's uh, becoming known on the earth yeah. But you can see that he's already known in the spiritual realm. Oh, yeah. Right? So he shows up. And before the world really knows who he is, the demons are crying out going, we know who you are. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like, <clears throat> again, in the incarnation mm-hmm. and in him coming, it just takes another step in the direction of uh, he's already been around. Yeah. Like this wow. isn't new to him. Yeah. Uh, but it's new to everyone else that's around him. And what does that mean? Uh, and just the shock and the awe, this, the idea that maybe the crazy, unbelievable things that God is, does, um, in these moments is actually just him revealing all the stuff that he's already been doing and Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're terrified of him. Meaning there's a reason that they're already (laughs) terrified of him. Yeah. Right. What he's already been doing. What he's, yeah. So they already know. Yeah. So it's not like, 
you know, as a kid, sometimes you grew up and you, if you have any understanding of demons or you believe that it's true, you kind of have this like good versus evil battle thought in your mm-hmm. mind. I remember the paintings of like Jesus's face versus Satan's face. And they're like going <laughs> to spar. I'm using my Carmen voice all of a sudden. But it, um, <laughs> to anyone that's not our age, will know what that is. But I just think that it's so interesting to see Jesus Jesus is already in charge. Mm-hmm. It's this is just starting to be established amongst humanity mm-hmm. on the earth. Yeah, wow. but in every other way, he's already known. Yeah, he's already in charge. Yeah, and it's uh, and they're scared of what he's about to do, mm. which is just so fun. Yeah. So it's they have an understanding of what the kingdom of the reign of God is. Yeah. Jesus comes and says. To the people, it's here now. Yeah. And immediate and then <laughs> as soon as he encounters the demonic, they go, Oh. Yeah. We we recognize the reign of God when it shows up and we know what that means for us. Okay, I'm I got another tangent in me all of a sudden. I'm like, this has got such huge implications for judgment. Hmm. Uh, in my head. Maybe this is just because I'm thinking about this in in my own process and studies right now, but those in opposition to God mm-hmm. that already understand who he is and have seen him are afraid of him, wondering, have you come now to deal with us? Yeah. Uh, we as humanity are just getting to know Jesus in this way. Those that already knew him mm. and they're created beings just like we are, right? I mean, not the same. Obviously they were angels, mm-hmm. but... Um, I realized I just jumped into the deep end. You just got me, (laughs) you got me going. But I just thought this is such an interesting, it's such a, it's such a big thing. Again, these, this is the type of stuff when I'm jumping into the scriptures constantly, Mm -hmm. I, I want my mind to go to these places because I want, I want Jesus to kind of lead me through these thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And to constantly come back to in the way that you had laid it out at the beginning, this idea that, well, the kingdom's being established, the kingdom's being released. The kingdom is here. Jesus announces, right? And this idea that now this is one more way we're seeing that his kingdom, his rule and his reign is already established. We're just being brought into it. Mm. This is, this is us being brought into right. his story. Yeah. This is us being brought into his rule and reign. Yeah. It's already there. Yeah. This, this whole life that we can't see with our human eyes, mm. it's, it's already there. It's done. Yeah. And we're just getting snip, like bits and pieces as Jesus is walking across the earth. Yeah. And you can see what those that oppose God feel. Mm-hmm. That they're a little afraid of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting the way you just put that, that the kingdom of God is, is there established and we're just being invited into it. Yeah. And so that's the call of follow me. Yeah. And... um I can't remember where I got this, where I heard it from, but someone was talking about the phrase, the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. And the you could translate the at hand part a few different ways. And, and so your different translations do translate it a number of different ways. Like the, one of them is the kingdom of God is in your midst. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this, I think there's this like, um, I can't remember why, like the, the language of it, but the... Um, someone put it that it's almost saying like the kingdom of God is in your midst, meaning the ball is in your court now. Wow. Like it's here. What's your response? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Wow. It's like provocative an invitation, but yeah. Yeah. 
it's established. What are you going to do? Are you in or out? Oh, man. That's good. Yeah. So then the next thing that happens is the next morning, Jesus gets up early, leaves, goes out to a desolate place, prays, and uh, everyone's looking for him. Simon finds him and says, um, everyone is looking for you. And he says, yeah, so let's go to these other towns because I want to preach. That's why I came out. Hmm. And so they go um, throughout some synagogues preaching and casting out demons. Um, No big deal. No. (laughs) Which then leads to a leper uh, coming to him and begging him. Interesting, just the language of it. Like, if you want to, or if you desire... Yeah. You could make me clean. And then Jesus is moved with pity. He heals him um, and say, like in the response says, I do want to. Mm-hmm. I do desire that. Mm-hmm. So be clean. And then like the demon, <laughs> interestingly, Jesus says, go away, uh, like deal with the yeah. process of um, becoming ritually clean for worship. Mm. Um, but don't tell anyone <laughs> what I just did. What but happened? the guy does. And because of it, the news spreads even more. Jesus becomes more famous to the point that he can't go into any towns openly because everyone's heard about him yeah. uh, throughout Galilee and people are still coming to him. Wow. Uh, you know, I've, a couple of things jump out to me. I'd say probably right at the beginning, verse 35 of, of this section we just talked through mm-hmm. and right at the end, kind of these two pieces that jump out to me. The one at the beginning, Jesus, uh, he's got up, gone to a desolate place. I love that it... In Jesus' life, it consistently connects desolate place with prayer. Hmm. Um, I think what, for me personally, in my own devotional life, that's really important. Yeah. This idea that not only is it when he's forced into a desolate place, which happens in the wilderness, yeah. but it's also he goes and seeks it out. Hmm. So he goes and finds the place where he can be alone, where there's nothing else, no one else, no distraction, so he can pray. Um, so that that really stump, jumps out to me, but... It, it, it's the next, it's the response of, of Simon and those that are with him um, that for me devotionally just, it, it consistently jumps out is Jesus isn't always going to be right beside you in the way that you think or feel he should. Hmm. And so he's got up and went to this desolate place. They wake up and he's gone. What's their response? Seek him out. Hmm. Which I think is such a huge piece for us to how often is our response to say, uh, well, am I the one? I thought God was the initiator. I thought he was yeah. the one that wanted us. Uh, should I be the one seeking him out? Like there's this little bit of like an entitlement that I hear often in my own heart mm-hmm. uh, and in, in pastoral ministry where I think this is just a good example. They, they've just been walking with Jesus, seeing him do amazing things. He's literally called them, said, follow me. I will make you this. And they get up and he's gone. Yeah. They could have freaked out. They could have ran away. They could have got mad. And instead they go, I'm just going to go try and find him. Where is he? Let's go find him. Right? I just think that's, for me, devotionally, that's big. Um, I don't know if you have anything in between because I'm going to jump right down to the no, end. No, go for so, it. Okay. So right down to the end, I really love to see how Jesus consistently tries to do work in quiet. Hmm. And I think in, at times... Um, we, we should, and we should, encur- we should encourage and want God's, uh, the testimony of God's good- goodness to get out. 
But I think that there is times when God is saying, I want to do something for you. Hmm. And it actually doesn't serve my purposes for you to go and just tell everyone about it. Right. That there is a both end to that. Right. Yeah. The testimony of God's people is big, but sometimes his will is to do things in secret. Mm-hmm. And in some respects, I wonder, because part of what he does, uh, you see it through all the gospels, is that he seems to want it to be quiet so he doesn't get famous. Yeah. And he can connect and disciple people into depth hmm. because mm-hmm. the fame doesn't actually turn into, you know, way more disciples. It does to an extent. Yeah. But there's, there's but the a bunch. the type who eventually will then leave him. Exactly. When they start realizing what he really is about. Exactly. When he says crazy things. Yeah. Right. And he says, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood mm-hmm. in John 6. And they go, you're a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, he needs the type of people that go, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Because they're walking with mm-hmm. him. They're not just in it mm-hmm. for the excitement of mm-hmm. it. And so I think sometimes the quietness of God and the way he acts in quiet mm-hmm. is actually important um, so that he can get a depth with his disciples. Yeah. Uh, even for us. Yeah. Because, so this whole thing started off with follow me. Mm. And then we see Jesus doing a bunch of things and we're left wondering what does it mean to follow him? Um, and surely that's what everyone around him is thinking. Uh, the disciples are probably trying to figure that out. The crowds are trying to figure that out. Yeah. And Jesus seems to be at this point saying, hold on, just keep watching. Like, yeah. don't, don't jump to any conclusions yet. Yeah. Quite just quite yet. Because, um, what they were hoping for is someone to show up and do these things and then do some other things. <laughs> Related to that. Yeah. But Jesus is showing up doing these things and then saying, don't go around telling everyone that I'm going to next, what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Because you might not yeah. be right about that. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's all about expectation and what, um, I guess, letting Jesus be Jesus. Yeah. Not, not filling the gaps for him. Yeah. But letting him fill them for us. Yeah. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. Isn't that, man, if, if you read this whole thing, if you're following along with us, you read this whole thing and at the end of it, you walk away with that, that's super important. Mm. That Jesus does amazing things. He calls you out. He walks with you. There's so much to learn about that. But at the end of the day, if you let him be him, it'll always be for the best. And it'll be a lot less, there'd be a lot less pain Yeah, because we'll stop thinking he's going to do something that he's never promised us yeah. he would do. I wonder if all our disappointments <laughs> come down to, we assumed incorrectly. Uh, I don't even want to know that to be honest. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I already know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to. It's like, I think I know what you're going to do next because of what you just did. Yeah. And I'm wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, do you have anything else? Um, I think just the thing I'm walking away from this whole section is um, watching Jesus demonstrate the kingdom and proclaim it. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, it's a bigger thing that I'm being involved in and invited into. Yeah. And what does that, what implication does that have yeah. with how I live life? Yeah. Like even how I get up in the morning and what I expect from my day. Yeah. Knowing that all of heaven is watching. Yeah. Um, 
and wanting to be involved with what's what I'm doing in my day. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if I'm living in the kingdom of God, what authority do I also walk in? Yeah. That Jesus has invited me into. And what does that look like? Amazing. Cause I never think it's going to look like this. Yeah. I always <laughs> hope that one day it will, Yeah. but I don't think that today's that day. No. I'll maybe end with a story if you don't mm-hmm. mind. It's i I'll make it brief, but, um, it's, it's just kind of a story just talking about what happened that's similar to what you were just talking about. Like, what does it mean to be that? I was with a friend of mine, my brother-in-law actually, and we were uh, visiting a city that I was getting ready to move to and was going to do ministry there. And uh, we sit down on the front porch of this coffee shop Mm -hmm. and I'm in the heart of the area of the city that I want to minister to. And I'm super excited to be there. And and the Lord has really been speaking clearly on, on uh, a bunch of stuff, but I haven't moved there yet or anything. It's just visiting. And I'm sitting there and across the street is this grocery store and there's great big parking lot. And across the street from that kind of like, if you continue to walk at a, you know, 60 degree angle, there's uh, a bunch of shops down the, down the road. And this guy starts screaming from like three blocks away, but he's screaming like towards our area, Mm -hmm. but none of us think much about it that are Mm -hmm. sitting out there. There's a whole bunch of people sitting out in front of this coffee shop. Um, And all of a sudden he starts running full tilt right in our direction, but there's a lot of stuff between us and him. So Mm -hmm. no one thinks he's coming to us, Yeah. but he just keeps screaming, Hey, you, Hey, you, Hey, you, Hey, you, and just screaming, but running full tilt with this massive, massive black, trench coat, which yeah. is just funny more than anything. Cause you go, of course you own and wear a black trench coat. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. That's just like so stereotypical and it's just makes it funny, but he's running full tilt and he's a big guy mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Anyways, we'll just say, well, he's a big guy. Yeah. And he continues running through the parking lot, still running it towards our direction and mm-hmm. keeps saying, Hey, you, you can feel the tension now right? There's, a, there's probably like 30 people sitting out there yeah. and there's a lot of tension now. What is this guy about to do? And he runs through the parking lot and starts coming across the street, screaming, Hey, you pointing very uh, strangely towards my brother-in-law and I. Yeah. And he runs right up onto the deck yeah. and sits down at our table and he sit, looks at me and says, you. And I went, what in the world is about to happen? <laughs> and he says, the thing in you knows the thing that lives in me. What? And I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> and all the people that are sitting out there are, are like terrified because this guy is, he looks scary yeah. and he sounds scary because he's been running for three blocks, very big man, yeah. screaming. Yeah. And I said, really? Okay. And didn't know what to say because yeah. I'm like, this is strange. <laughs> and he says, oh yeah. And he leans forward and gets probably only a foot away from my face and mm-hmm. just looks me direct in the eyes. And he says, yeah, the thing that lives in you is far more powerful than what lives in me. And the stuff that lives in me is very scared of what lives in you. And none of these people understand what's going on right now. And he starts proclaiming. Yeah the glory of God without ever saying any names. Yeah. And he starts proclaiming the authority that Christ has over what lives in him, which I only can assume to be demons. Yeah. And he knows and saw from blocks away Christ in me. And so then he starts actually proclaiming what Christ is going to do in that city. Yeah. And how he's going to have authority over that city. And he's going to start 
sending out all the things like what lives in me. And he's just like, it must have been 10 minutes of us going, what is happening? And my brother-in-law, he's been in some settings like this Mm -hmm. and he kind of just leans back in his chair. He's always cool. So he leans back in his chair and he just said, yeah, we agree. And the guy went, yep. Well, time to go and got up and literally ran as fast as he did towards us right back to where he was yeah. and just walked away. <laughs> I, we sat there and Chad, Chad looks at me. Well, I just said Chad. Chad looks at me <laughs> and says, well, that was interesting. And n- none of us knew what to do. Yeah. People from the store came out and said, are you guys okay? Is everything all right? Like mm-hmm. scared that he was threatening us or whatever. Yeah. And, and so we actually were able to say to the waitress, actually, he was just talking about something living in him and Christ that lives in us and believing that Christ has authority over what lives in him, which didn't make her feel any more safe. No. <laughs> <laughs> now we are this weird ones with him. Yeah. Um, and the people are freaking out. But I just thought uh, in that moment, it was the first time in my life that I saw so clearly the power of God that rests on us and mm-hmm. lives in us yeah. and how uh, the enemy still responds the same. Wow. I mean, it's not happened since, but I don't think it's because Jesus all of a sudden decided to stop living in me, no. <laughs> but he wanted to testify in that moment yeah. of his authority and that it hasn't changed from Mark one to today. Yeah. Anyways, there's a charismatic story for everybody. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I have nothing to want with that. <laughs> So we should probably just end this one. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all we got for today. Hopefully you have uh, enjoyed walking along with us. Uh, What a fun thing this is to do, to get to uh, walk through the scriptures together. And hopefully you'll tune in next time. Uh, I'll I'll see if Jordan has any crazy stories for the next round. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try and make something up. Awesome.